happy Saturday. Yes, I'm very aware I'm saying Saturday and not Thursday. The podcast is very, very late and I'm aware of that. I am aware of the fact that the quality of the podcast has not been up to par lately. And I have been trying to work through that and troubleshoot that and fix that to no avail. Hopefully this new change in where I maintain my studio and this change in equipment will alleviate some of that. I'm hoping if nothing else, not only will the quality issue be fixed, it will be better than ever. Let's see if that works, shall we? Jumping right into things, are you watching this season's Big Brother? If you are, you're quite familiar with the alliance that formed practically on day one of all of the minorities, well, all of the black minorities in the house. And if you're familiar with Big Brother, there's always alliances. There's always people teaming up and promising to take each other or take a group or whatever to the end. Well, this time, it is the first time Big Brother has had this many minorities in the house in the first place. And they decided to team up, create an alliance, and try to ensure that for the first time, there would be a black winner, a person of color. And of all things, they named the alliance the cookout. Now, while we may find that amusing, other people do not find that amusing. If you keep up with any of the blogs or any of the social media for anything pertaining to Big Brother, you will see a wide array of decisions and discussions about how people feel about this. A lot of people think it's funny. Of course, those people are us. And a lot of everyone else thinks it's racist, it's not fair, someone should stop the show, they should fix this. But I have to kind of curve this because you're trying to say it's racist and it's not fair. Yet and still, every season, there's some alliance normally of what you would consider the same people who would be the popular kids in school. The people who are the athletes or the really pretty people or whatever. And in the world of Big Brother, there's always this alliance of people that get together. They consider themselves the stronger people. And they say they want to get out the weak links. However, the weak links always seem to include all the minorities. They always seem to, they don't point blank say, let's get all the minorities out the house. They just say, oh, we're getting all the weak links out. So just because they don't say it doesn't make it not racist. The only difference with the cookout is they're saying we want to get a person of color to win. They did not say, oh, let's get all the white people out. That's not what they said. What they said was, let's work together until we can make sure one of us will win. And then we will forget the alliance and it will be every man for themselves. Now, why is that a difference? Because in the end, both versions are trying to make sure the people in their group wins. I like how when it's 
the minorities doing it, it's racist. When it's not the minorities doing it, it's gameplay. Hmm. Well, it may be, and people may not like it. And I see quite a few people saying they quit watching, they, they're never watching. If you're never watching, why are you still commenting? Because you're obviously still watching. Whatever. But as of this week, it worked. There are only minorities left in the house. Everyone else is either out of the game completely or in the jury. So what they were doing was working. And it had to work because some of them couldn't even get along. But in the end, they kept working and persevering to what they agreed on just to make sure in the end things worked out the way they planned. Now, some of them, Lord, I could probably shake, but because they didn't quite always stick to plan, Tiffany, but hey, it all got done in the end. Now, I'm interested to see come tomorrow night's episode how all of this will shake out as they try to figure out what to do now to turn against each other and find a winner because in the end there can only be one winner and fortunately for them this is supposed to be the biggest payout ever on big brother so not only will we have a winner of minority we'll have the biggest payout i don't have a problem with that sorry moving to lord the train wreck of a show put a ring on it oh my god I know I mentioned this before, that that show has become just this weird little guilty pleasure type thing. You watch it, you know it's a train wreck, but you keep watching it. Yeah, that's pretty much how it rolled out all the way to the end, all the way through the reunion. And of course, anyone watching the show is still talking about Alexia and Darian. Now, the whole issue with them was that They had been together for 14 years. They still weren't married. He had had three kids during the course of their breakups and makeups. That was the way they put it. Who knows? And while on the show, you're supposed to be going on dates to see how it impacts your current relationship. Does it tell you that you should stay with this person and marry him? Or does it tell you that there's too much you're missing and that you need to move on? Well, Darian, of course, unlike everyone else who was going on dates and getting to know people and coming back, he somehow managed to get this chick's info and they were talking outside of what they were supposed to be doing and ended up sleeping together. And of course, all of this came out before the reunion. Well, by the reunion, he is supposedly dating this chick that he slept with, Kai. I say all that to say this, that... The reunion was a mess. It was a hot mess. And afterwards, he was still getting a lot of hate, shall you say. He was getting hate. Kai was getting hate. Everybody was getting a lot of flack from that show. Alexia seemed to be the only one coming out smelling like roses. They were doing, everyone was doing a lot of interviews. Well, suddenly, Kai's Instagram very conveniently disappears She came back later claiming it had been deleted. I really think it was a matter of how much hate mail she was getting. That's why she claimed it had been deleted. Whatever, girl, we don't care. But Darian and Alexia kept doing interviews. And he finally does this interview that to me looked like a damn train wreck. 
He seemed all over the place. He seemed out of it. And I kind of wondered if I was not the only person, if he was maybe a little inebriated or something. There were several people commenting that. So I can say that allegedly he seemed impaired. Let's say it that way. And in this interview, he's going on and on about how the whole thing was a sham. They weren't in a 14 year relationship. They were on and off for a while, but it was never 14 years. And they just got on the show to build their recognition in order to work on whatever it is they're working on. Okay. Well, I don't know what of what he's saying is true and what is not because he seemed a hot mess in this interview. He was ranting. He was raving. He was all over the place. Nothing seemed cohesive. So show you how fast people in the social media world will turn on you based on that interview alone. People immediately jumped in Alexia's social media platforms, giving her all kinds of crap about how they were liars. They were hypocrites. They were full of it. And mostly getting on her case for, as they felt, milking this entire thing because here everyone was giving her all this sympathy for being the woman scorned and now he's coming out saying all of this was a lie, it was fake, we just did this for recognition, for fame, for whatever. So who knows what is true and what is not of this entire fiasco, but the bottom line is it's a damn train wreck. I mean, at this point, I would much prefer to believe Alexia, mostly because she is presenting herself in a different light. She's staying calm. She's not doing the whole arguments on social media and ranting and raving while he's coming off quite over the top. He's doing all these ridiculous interviews and he's making all these posts. And at one point he went so over the top, they blocked him from live videos on Instagram and all of this. So, you know, they say the dog, the, the hit dog barks loudest. Isn't that how it goes? So it almost solidifies the idea that she already said that he was a narcissist. It's like because she wouldn't put up with his crap again, because she wouldn't put up with him cheating again and just take him back. He is throwing her under the bus and trying to make her into a villain. Because he feels the need to control the narrative, as always. And unfortunately for him, she probably would have forgiven him if it hadn't been for this show. She probably would have taken him back. But this show put all of their shit in the limelight. And all of the stuff she's done in the past to let his transgressions go, it's just different when... You're on national TV and people are constantly in your ear telling you you deserve better. You better not take him back. There's so many men who would love you the way you need to be loved, etc., etc., etc. And of course, she's got men coming at her, offering and asking her out and blah, blah, blah. She's got women supporting her and calling her their sister and trying to help her through this. So for the first time, she's saying, no, I'm done I'm out. And it's almost like he's just trying to fight back. 
and it's not working out for him. But what can you expect? Anyways, jumping over to my people on Huntsville. You know I like that stupid show. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm missing a nice little episode of it tonight because I'm recording on a late Saturday night. But I noticed something late on the last episode because I watched it a little late in the week. As you know, I record all these shows. And, you know, when I initially started this show, I was really into Martell and Melody Hope. And of course, since that time, their marriage has fallen apart. They've gotten divorced all because of his indiscretions. During all that time, they were, when this show started, the power couple that kind of launched where this show was going to go from, you know, the direction they were fighting for. And the last episode I watched kind of disturbed some of my thought process on that because Martell is admitting to some friend of his that Melody is actually the one with the builder's license and all the different info they need for their companies, which was a surprise to me. But it shed some light on something. I was very confused why when they were going through the divorce process, she kept the company and he didn't even seem to have any objection to it. He wasn't saying anything. He wasn't fighting about it. And you know he loves to fight about everything. And she just changed the name from Holt and Holt to Melody S. Holt. And it was into that. And at the time, I thought it was odd. Now I perfectly understand because he admitted that he went to take the test And I'm pretty sure he said twice and he failed it. She went in and took the test once and passed it. Now, according to his version of this story, that was years ago. He never went back and got his license. And his excuse is because he thought they would be married forever. So as long as one of them had a license, they were fine. Well, A, if that's what you thought, perhaps as you're a power couple building something, You should have kept some things in your pants. But since you couldn't and you couldn't stay faithful, why wouldn't you all this time go back and get the credentials you needed instead of she being the only person that can legally sign everything because she's the only one with the proper backing? I'm just surprised at that. And it makes me wonder how many power couples have opened different things and really they're not necessarily aligned to do them properly. Now, don't get me wrong. I get that there may be some things where one person's strengths are one way and the other person's are another. You may have a company where someone is much better with handling the office or handling the finances and the other person is much better being out there, being the salesperson, being the one talking to everyone. Fine. But if it's a company where you need certain credentials and backgrounds and things like that, why wouldn't you make sure that either one of you is really, really got everything they need or that you're necessarily absolutely positively sure You're going to do what you need to do to make your marriage work, just like you're doing to make your business work. Because when that marriage falls apart, a lot of that other shit goes out the window. Because I'm sorry, when you're going through 
a divorce, things get ugly. So it's not going to always be nice little business discussions and decisions like you may have done before. It's going to be a fight. So you may want to make sure all your daggone ducks are in a row. If you're going to be saying, oh, we own all these different things together. Something to think about, don't you think? I, on a sadder note, as a person who talks about so much pop culture, I would be remiss in not mentioning the recent passing of Greg Leakes, the husband of Nene Leakes from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. He passed away recently from a very long battle with cancer, which is difficult for any family. And I'm sure it's even harder when he seemed to have beat it before. But alas, this time they did not get the results they needed. And while we mourn his passing and we pray for Nini and for his children and his family and his loved ones, you also have to celebrate a man that was well-loved and admired and respected. Because one thing you can say is as all of the messages came out for him, it seemed everyone had something kind and loving to say about him. He impacted lives so far and wide that he probably didn't even realize how much. And he made such an impact on people that people that are not even still friends or close to Nini all came together for his celebration of life because that's the kind of impact that man made. And it makes you wonder, personally, what kind of impact will you make when you leave? Have you done enough for people out of the goodness of your heart? Have you done enough for your communities? Have you done enough for your families that if you were gone tomorrow, they would have amazing thoughts, memories, and accolades to say about you? Or would it only be a blip on a radar? And it's something I've thought about a lot over the years. What is your legacy? And if you're not sure, don't you think it's time you figure it out and work to make it the best that it could be for all the people that you will leave behind? As always, if you want to catch up with anything for me, you can catch me on my Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. All of those links are on the podcast website. Or just leave me a comment, shoot me an email, whatever. You know, I'm always interested in hearing from all of you. And if you have not followed, please do so. Until next time, happy, happy weekend.